warning, Marriage on the Rocks provides unfiltered, unconventional, and sometimes unwelcomed relationship advice. Seth and Crystal are certified relationship coaches who have adopted specific methods that work very well for them. Your results may vary. Hey everyone, welcome to our 60th episode of Marriage on the Rocks. I'm Crystal. I'm Seth. Every week we have a drink with our discussion. And this week we wanted to have, what are they called? Uh, Hennessy Berries. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're really good. That is pretty good. I think so. Yeah. So it's a Hennessy with cranberry juice and pineapple juice. pineapple juice. It tastes like the Incredible Hulk drink. Kind of. I don't think it's sweet though. That had Hennessy in it. But it had hypnotic in it too. Yeah. 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 And it had, but I mean it had Hypnotique. cranberry. It didn't have cranberry in it. Yeah. I know. Uh-huh. But. I, don't know, I think that's what it reminds me of. Yeah, it tastes pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, so this week we are going to be talking about, um, I guess, kind of like signs that you've settled in your relationship. Or We know you settled. Yeah, I mean, just settling in yeah. a relationship. A lot of people do this. I did it. You did it. Yeah. I mean, at some point in time, everybody does that. Mm-hmm. But the hope is... You get out of that settled relationship and find someone that you're not settling for. Yeah. Um, but I think that, you know, even going back to dating as a young high school kid, you pick someone that you think you settled for. Uh-huh. I think girls do that a lot just for the sake of wanting to say they have a boyfriend. Yeah. Um, now, guys do it too. Uh-huh. But I think that most of us can look at some instance, and unfortunately, most people are in their current settled relationship. Mm-hmm. But... You know, it's, I think it's a very relatable topic. I think people, if you're in a settled relationship, you're not going to like No, you're not going to like the topic. To uh-huh. um, people don't want to, you know, we've said it on here, people don't want to hear the truth. Mm-mm. But, I don't know, people fancy themselves like these great partner pickers that aren't going to settle and then everybody from the outside looking in is like, bitch, you settled. <laughs> right, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, before- and here's why. But well, before we dive in any deeper, um, so far or right now, Seth has his dumbass post of the week that you still have to say. Yep. This one is mumbling is the glue that holds a marriage together. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think it's meant to be funny. Uh, it but, is, yeah. But I think it's I picture that old couple that hate each other, uh-huh. and just mumble about each other when the other one walks off. Nothing. <laughs> yeah. What'd you, what'd you say? Nothing. <laughs> and that's awful. Uh huh. It yeah. is. I know. Or or they're the ones that that say, "Oh, we have great communication." Yeah, we have great com- Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, yeah. you don't. You're yeah. just mumbling to each other. Mm-hmm. That's not great communication. Um. But yeah. So uh, again, we're we're wanting to talk about settling, and I mean. There's a lot there. We, you know, we did a little bit of research and everything, and there was a lot of stuff on this topic alone. Well, we, we shared the the article. We shared the article about the guy settling, Mm -hmm. and then we shared the article about the women settling. Um, not a whole lot of response Mm -mm. because I think it probably hit a chord. Yeah, I think Um, so too. The stuff the guy said was, you know. It was kind of like if what we talked about a couple episodes ago about the, the lies and secrets. Yes. It was uh-huh. kind of harsh. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was, for sure. And and it I was, was like, wow. yeah, I mean, especially some of those guys are like, 
I've been married two weeks and think I made a mistake. Yeah. And we we like already did right. And what's funny is when you talk to people that have gone through a divorce, one one of the most common statements is I knew I was making a mistake early on. Mm-hmm. Or I knew I made a mistake on my wedding day. Yeah. Or I knew within a month this was an awful decision. Mm-hmm. So if you've been down that path, that was your biggest, brightest red flag you were going to get that you were in a bad relationship. Mm-hmm. That you picked the wrong partner, that you married someone you shouldn't have married, and that you're going to be miserable. Yeah. And everybody that gets divorced has, that we've talked to has made that type of statement. Yeah. Well, I know. And I think, like, along with with that type of, you know, before you get, you're getting divorced and everything, and you start to, you start to, like, tell yourself things and you get scared. You get scared that you're gonna, of, of starting over and, like, trying to do everything mm-hmm. again, I guess. Yep. I think this is a female trait. Really? I don't think... I was never... The entire time I knew I was in a bad relationship, I never thought, I'm scared of starting over. Mm-hmm. I think there was probably a little fear of the unknown, mm-hmm. but that wasn't what made me not start over. But you, I think you hear this a lot from women. Yeah, I, I you do. I, I'm trying to think if there is any men that... That I know of that would would say that. Yeah. And I don't know, honestly. I think there's some men that should be very afraid of being alone. Uh-huh. Yeah. But <laughs> I don't think really the fear of starting over is a huge factor why they choose to ignore uh-huh. that they've settled or why they choose to... Well, because I would think that even men would be afraid to start over just because they don't want to... I mean, kind of like what you went through when you when you started dating and you're like... I don't want to, I don't want to marry someone again that wants kids and, and all that. Uh-huh. And so I would think that a man would be scared that he's, you know, well, what if I do find a woman like that, that does want kids again? And I already have my, <sighs> my kids from my previous wife. So you just got to avoid it like I did. <laughs> if you know what you do and don't want, I mean, that's what got people in the mistake of the bad marriage they had in the first place. Uh-huh. Settling. Yeah. If I would have went, if I would have said yeah. to myself, "I don't want to date anybody," because it wasn't that I said I don't want to marry him. I didn't want to date anybody with kids. Uh-huh. I didn't want to date anybody that wanted kids, knowing that dating would probably lead to marriage. Mm-hmm. If I had compromised that and said, "Well, now oh, she's got one kid and he's older than my son, so he'll be out of the house," okay, I would have settled. Yeah, I guess that's true. Like, I don't even know why I didn't think of that. Like. Because that would be settling. Yeah. It is settling if you, if you're not getting mm-hmm. what you, you know, what you, you what you said and know you wanted, uh-huh. and when you don't get it, that is settling. Mm-hmm. And and I think that even putting in that context, people tend to want to cover up the word settle, and you and we'll hit stuff on this that really kind of hits home with that, but. They tend to not look at it as settling and look at it as compromising. Mm-hmm. But it's the same fucking thing. Yeah. And you settled. Uh-huh. So I, I think that that's where, um, it, it, I think that that's where it becomes a problem. It becomes a point of contention and resentment and uh-huh. and all those issues. Because if I had married someone with a kid or started dating someone with a kid, and then 
who knows what's going to happen. Let's say that kid was a girl, and two years after we were dating, she got pregnant, Mm -hmm. and her boyfriend left her. I would be absolutely miserable that I was approaching 40 at the time and had a brand new baby in my house. Mm -hmm. (laughs) When if I would have just not married someone with a kid in the first place, Uh wouldn't have ever been an issue. Yeah. So I think that as things initially seem like, oh, may not be ideal. People do this. I mean, they, they, they pick a part the same way they pick a car. They say, well, I want this type of vehicle in this cover with this type of coverage with this type of engine. And you go and you're like, well, yeah, that one's a lot more expensive, but they have a used one over here. It's a different color. It's a downgrade for this, but it's got that. Okay, I'll go ahead and get it. Mm-hmm. You're still not going to like it as much as the one you didn't get. Yeah, you're and not you're, getting what you like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you're just kind of forced to pretend that you're driving the car of your dreams when somebody else that waited a little longer and had some patience and got the actual money in there got your car of your dreams. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I, I like how you always do <laughs> those analogies and stuff. I think that it gives people a better mm-hmm. look at things. Um, another one that I... The, I know that we both did, or, well, no, maybe not you, but I did, for sure, is I always tried to justify everything mm-hmm. with my ex. Like, why he wasn't at family functions, why he, um, I don't know, why he did drugs, even, in mm-hmm. the first place, you know? Like, oh, well... You know, he had a, a dad die at a, yeah. at a young age and stuff. And so you start to think, You're, That's okay. more making excuses than I, justifying. I know. I guess, that, I guess that is. I think that when, when I think of, of justifying in the terms of settling, it's you justifying why you won't leave. So looking at that like, well, you know, I, I'm not going to leave because he needs me because he's addicted to drugs. Yeah. And, yeah. and one of the things you typically hear from women is... Mm-hmm. Well, I stay because he's a great dad uh-huh. or, you know, whatever, which being a great dad has nothing to do with being a great husband. Yeah. And... Or my family likes him. Yeah. My family's like crazy about him and you know deep down this isn't who you want to be with. Uh-huh. And so you feel the need to justify your actions by staying this because you feel exposed and you feel vulnerable and you feel that everybody else knows you shouldn't be in that relationship. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they do and sometimes they don't. And so you, you always have to justify those type of things Mm -hmm. um, as to almost give merit to the fact that you did make a good decision to be with this partner. Right. Because if if people see that and, and, you know, instead of really looking at it as making excuses as to why someone was an addict, it would be more like, well, he's an addict, but you know, he's, he's, he treats me great. He's never, Mm -hmm. he doesn't try to get me to use drugs, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know? And, and so you, and you start to just try to justify why why you chose them, why you stay with them. You try to justify your own actions around all of that to not look stupid mm-hmm. is really why we do that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I guess, well, and because I didn't want to admit to everybody else what was like really going on mm-hmm. in mine and his relationship. And so I didn't tell everybody, you know, all of, those bad things at the time. Right. And then, um, so yeah, I mean, I guess I would just, I would make excuses as I guess it, it really yeah. was. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. It wasn't me trying to justify to everyone else that my relationship was so great with him. Right. 
but because nobody knew how bad it was. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you kept. Yeah. Well, at least you did the smart thing, yeah. where you didn't go to all the family functions and talk about what a piece of shit he was. I know when he wasn't there. When he wasn't there, yeah, and you didn't true. post all over Facebook uh-huh. how he was addicted to drugs and you were done and you were over it, and then everybody sees your dumbass yeah. with him the next week. I know. So yeah, that's true. Yeah, because there's a couple options to handle those situations. <laughs> I too. knew I was a dumbass first yeah. thing, so why am I gonna why mm-hmm. am I gonna tell everyone else that you I'm had a dumb little ass? more self awareness? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but and like with with even with him though, like there was so many little things that irritated me about him. Every little thing that I mean, I've talked about it on here on the podcast where. He would he would try to help out and clean the house or whatever. Do it wrong. And he would do it wrong. <laughs> and and like, you know, people would be like, geez, I'd kill for my boyfriend or husband to to do that. Mm-hmm. But it's those little nitpicky type things that you start to realize that oh, you just irritate you, me and you realize your list of pet peeves with your partner. Is very lengthy. Yeah. I don't like the way you breathe. Yeah. I don't like the way you sip your drink. Mm-hmm. I don't like the way you clang your teeth on your fork. I don't like the way you, what that one couple say, blow your nose in the shower. Oh, yeah. I don't like the way you snore. I mean, and your, your list of what you don't like about your partner is really nothing substantial. It's not, I don't like how you abuse me. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's really just everything involved in their existence and their own little personal tics and habits and what they do things that just irritate you. Mm-hmm. And as that list builds and builds and builds, that leads to either fantasizing about other people or fantasizing life without that person or other things. And I think that sometimes people think these are harmless, especially nowadays on social media. There seems to be this collective therapy thought process of, I'm just going to blast and bitch about all these little annoying, stupid things that my husband does all over social media. And I know that 500,000 other women are going through the same thing. Well, that's just 500,001 women that chose the wrong partner. Mm -hmm. Or you're a bitch. Or whatever, fill in the blank with that stuff. Because that's a big sign of settling. Mm-hmm. Is everything about them just drives you nuts? Yeah, uh, you're you're get you're mad every time they drive. You don't like the way they hit the brakes. You don't like how they stomp on the gas. You don't like how they you know park. You don't like how they talk to the waitress. You don't like how they look at their menu. I mean, you start listing everything that they do that just annoys the shit out of you. You've, you've settled. settled. Yeah, yeah, I know. Get somebody less annoying. Yeah. <laughs> well, and and like because we we brought up you know in the. Pet peeves episode that we mm-hmm. did, like, you know how people, how everybody has little things that annoy them or whatever. But find someone that you don't annoy each other. Yeah, I mean that's that's what we did. Yeah, and it is possible. Yeah, and I don't think people think it is. Mm-hmm. I think that it's like well, and and then they they start doing the, well he he's not that bad. I just don't like. You know, how he clips his toenails, and I don't like that he snores, and I don't like, you know, how he... Well, and then they they start realizing, or maybe they will start realizing, like, as the episode goes on. Mm -hmm. Well, shoot, like, yeah, I I guess you're right. I did I have a lot of things that... Right. A whole list of things that I'm settling. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And, like, well, even kind of with... uh, 
with all of that, like, you you get annoyed by some of the stuff that they do, but then you don't have enough in common mm-hmm. in the first place. And, and you start to dismiss those things. Mm-hmm. When you realize, compatibility-wise, you have nothing in common. You don't have the same interests. You don't have the same ethics. You don't have the same child-rearing thoughts. You don't have the same... Whatever. I mean, there, there's a we, we talked about that stuff before, but there's a huge list of things that people don't talk about before they get married. Mm-hmm. The, they should already have laid out on what they're going to do that really kind of evaluates their compatibility on life decisions, child decisions, couple decisions, home decisions, financial decisions. I mean, and you don't have those conversations until you're married, and then you find out that some of the big major things that really impact you as a family and as a unit, you are not on the same page at all. Mm-mm. But even taking those big things aside, those little things matter as well. Yeah, they do. Because all those little things start to add up. But as you start to brush those off, you're like, well, you know, he he may not be into this, but that's okay because I'm not into that. Mm -hmm. And you start realizing, well, you've done that with 10 things. Yeah. What do you have in common? Uh Aside from living together and maybe the kids you decided to bring into this awful relationship, what do you have in common? Mm Mm-hmm. And you find out that that list is very small. But they, they really start to kind of brush off their incompatibility. Or, or you start to brush it off like it's not that big of a deal. But over time, that becomes a big deal. What is your life going to be like when you're retired and you're together and you have dick in common? I know. I mean, do you really think that your 64-year-old husband's still going to want to go you know, take the guy's trip to Vegas and you're going to want to go with your girl trips to go do this. I mean, maybe, mm-hmm. but doubtful. Mm-hmm. I mean, what, what, what is your, what is the future like, you know, know, with that stuff? You can't keep brushing all of your incompatibilities and uncommonality traits aside. Mm-hmm. It's going to catch up to you. I know. Well, and I think with, with that too, when you don't have all of these, when you don't have this shit in common, and then all of a sudden you you start doing stuff away from your partner. Mm-hmm. And then one person is going to feel slighted in the relationship. And then they start feeling like, well, I sacrificed all of this. Yeah. And you're not, you're just out having fun doing whatever with whoever. And here I am trying to make this relationship work. Mm-hmm. And they feel like they're sacrificing everything. Yeah. And so once you feel like you're sacrificing everything. Yeah, if, if you feel like every decision you guys make as a couple is you having to compromise and you having to sacrifice, that you settle. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that, that that's one of those things where, you know, you, you end up sacrificing, sacrificing your, not just you didn't get to do what you wanted to do the way you wanted to do mm-hmm. it. You've sacrificed your voice in even having the conversation. You've sacrificed your opinion on on what it would be because you don't Mm -hmm. want to deal with that issue. Mm -hmm. Um, But once you start looking around and you're like, you look at your house, you look at what's going on, and you're like, damn it, I'm not, none of this is what I wanted. This Mm -hmm. is all what they wanted. You know, we we took vacation where they wanted to go. We, We spent Christmas the way they wanted to spend it. We did this the way they wanted to do it, and... You find this a lot in those giver and taker relationships where you have one partner that's a giver and one partner that's a taker. Mm-hmm. The giver all one day looks up and says, my gosh, I don't ever get to do anything the way I want to do it. Yeah. I have sacrificed 
all of that so they would be happy. And lo and behold, guess what? They're still not happy. Yeah. Yeah, I know. That's well, the and other then, kicker. And then, like, that's that's the thing, too, is the person that feels like they've sacrificed everything, they will blow up, finally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they'll be, like... And they'll list every single little thing that they did for you that you didn't appreciate or whatever. And then, yeah. And (laughs) when all of it could have just been avoided, if you you wouldn't have settled even. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, you, oh, you start to play the, play the compare game. Oh, yeah, yeah. We, we talked about the comparison game with, uh other couples and things like that but this is where when you start looking at what other couples have as far as relationship wise compared to yours you you realize that you're lacking and that that should sometimes be a pretty good indicator that you're settled there that you've settled um you know when uh I, i was with a partner that was not you know, she was abs- just completely ineffectionate from every standpoint. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't want to hold hands, didn't want to, you know, curl up on the couch, didn't want to, you know, cuddle or snuggle or anything like that at all. Um, and then when you saw other couples that did that stuff, you were kind of like, well, why aren't, why aren't we like that? Mm-hmm. What's, is it her? Is it me? Is it us? Are we, are we that uncomfortable with one another that we can't just naturally find a way to, you know, show PDA, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. or, or something. Did um, you think that, though, like, whenever people would be affectionate towards each other? I think I kind of dismissed it, especially as we were married for a little longer, mm-hmm. that they must be, well, we've been, that won't, I, I, I was that person that was like, yeah, wait till they've been married for X amount of yeah, years. Uh-huh. Um, and that was me, uh-huh. and that's what I would do. But then I would reach, I would meet couples that were older than us, and I'm like, well, hey, they didn't lose that yeah, spark. What, uh-huh. what, the, what, what the hell's going on here? Mm-hmm. Are they on their second marriage? You know, or wh- whatever. Yeah. Um, I know. Well, and it's funny because, I mean, the, the perspective now, you know, like seeing us and then um, how, how you thought, you thought what most people think now. I mean, mm-hmm. like what we, and if we, if you would have seen a podcast or, YouTube channel or whatever of a couple like us saying all of what we're telling you now you'd be right. like you guys are full of shit yeah no wait you've been married twelve years yeah you're married fifteen yeah yeah you'll hate each other's guts uh huh yeah. that's funny you settled bitch that's all I'm saying <laughs> but yeah I mean it's funny though like because we ended up finding each other and not settling mm-hmm. right <laughs> um. And well, I think that one that is, it's a pretty, I don't know, it's like kind of a mean one, I think, it, from coming from another partner, thinking like if you were to start checking other women out and stuff like that. But if you're starting to like check people out and kind of like wonder, like, oh, mm-hmm. and, and, and you don't even have to be like unfaithful about it. Right. It's just the thoughts in your head of mm-hmm. looking at other people like, oh, hmm, I, you know, I wonder what, what life would be like if if I was with them. Yeah. Well, and not even that, not even to that extreme sometimes, I don't think. I think that if, if you have been traditionally in your relationship, 
not a looker. You're you're not looking at other people. You don't mm-hmm. check. I know, I know there's a lot of guys and girls that just check everybody out, mm-hmm. and that's just you know who they are. Who they are, which isn't an excuse. You shouldn't do that in the first place, but that's just how they behave. Uh-huh. Um, but if you aren't like that, and you start realizing that you're doing that, I mean that that was one of the things that you know I I went through as as I realized you know sexually and physically how incompatible we were. I started looking for what I would want in someone if I could have a re or do over, mm-hmm. what would I find more attractive on, on somebody else? What would I be drawn to on somebody else that, that wasn't her? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that's where you, you, you see that mm-hmm. with people. Um, you know, one, one of the things that, that I guess I have to deal with <laughs> <laughs> is are these guys that are with women that have these flat pancake butts mm-hmm. and then catching the guy or the wife catching the guy looking at your butt mm-hmm. or something. And it's like, are you looking at it just because it's there? Are you looking at it because you're like, oh, man, my wife's got a, a flat pancake ass <laughs> or or what's what's going on? <laughs> but I caught you. Your wife caught you. <laughs> And now what? What, uh-huh. what? What's your, why are you doing that? Uh-huh. Um, and so you don't really know all the intent behind it. Right. But. I mean, I can't blame them. I know. No, <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> but I mean, those are the type of things that, that people do. Uh-huh. Um, you know, and, and, and sometimes you, you feel bad for, like, you, you, you feel bad for guys who's, who's married to a woman who. If he doesn't have a trait or quality or something like that, and she's always looking at guys that don't resemble him at all, mm-hmm. um, or flirting with them or checking them out or, or whatever. Well, I know. It, I mean, it hurtful. works both ways. Right. I mean, with the guy, uh, even if a guy's like talking about, you know, how hot even just the the chick on the TV is. Yeah. You know, I I get uncomfortable when people do that, mm-hmm. like around their partner. I'm like, really, <clears> don't you have? Don't you have respect for your partner enough to to not do that? Mm-hmm. It's it's it makes all of us uncomfortable yeah. that you're acting this way. I don't think that they think it makes people uncomfortable though. I think a lot of people just think that's how people are because so many people are like that. Yeah. I think it depends on who who you're with. Mhm. Yeah, I know. But even but like with the checking out stuff, you know, it could be the the simple little things, but then it could lead to the fantasizing. Oh, yeah. and you, I mean, you mentioned it a little bit, mm-hmm. a little bit ago, but um, but yeah, fantasizing sexually and you know about these people. Well, I, th- I think the the fantasy piece can take all kinds of different. It doesn't different necessarily formats. have to be sexually. Yeah, I, I, I think be... that if you can fantasize about being alone, uh-huh. I mean, that was one of the things I did. Uh-huh. Was just like, what would. What would life be like if I just didn't have to deal with her? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what what would I be able to get done? What would I be able to accomplish? What would my life look like? What would my schedule look like? What would my bank account look like? I mean, it, there was just all kinds of of different avenues of of once even going through that, even that list I just did. If if you start realizing that so many facet there, yeah, facets of your life and your relationship could be positively influenced if your partner just didn't exist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that, you settled. Yeah. Big time. Mm-hmm. 
And and I think that you don't realize it when you're laying that out because you just kind of assume this is a harmless thought that's going through my mind. I'm never going to tell them about it. We're not going to talk about it. I'm not going to tell anybody else about it. Yeah. So if I don't verbally speak it to anybody, then it's not it's not an issue, which it still is an issue because it's it's something you're thinking about. It's some effort you're spending some time and thought process on. Um, so it's at least an issue in your own head. Mm-hmm. And it's okay because I think some of that's natural when you... I think it's your your mind trying to tell you that you've settled mm-hmm. <laughs> and you trying to physically resist that yeah. and start justifying everything, even to yourself and all those things and um, and you know looking at the pros and cons and then you're like, yeah, they may what we said earlier they they may blow through money, they may be inattentive, they may be you know unattracted to me, they may be all this, but they're a great parent mm-hmm. and you, you try to make that one pro outweigh ten cons. Um, through that whole fantasy process. So I think it can be fantasizing about what life could have been, should have been, would have been with someone else. I think it could be what life would be like with someone new. Yeah. What what would life be like with just out them, period. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think you can take several different avenues. and But all of those are, are indicators that, you're like saying. I said, it's your mind telling you that you've settled. Because uh-huh. people that haven't settled don't have those thoughts. Yeah, I know. And I think that um, a big one to me is trying to trying really really hard to get along with each other. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know that I did that. I I don't know. I would get irritated all the time, and then just like, oh, okay, like I guess this is just how relationships are. Mm-hmm. You know, I guess it's just it's hard to get along with your partner sometimes. Yeah. And, that, and you said it right there. That's what a lot of people say. Well, this is just how relationships are. They're just hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like we said from the very first podcast, normal shitty relationships are hard. Mm-hmm. Good ones aren't. No. And that's when you start to um, really work at getting along, you, you start – and this was something that, that I, I did all the time. I just didn't want to bring it up because it would lead to a fight. Mm-hmm. So if you find yourself – even if it's those things you're irritated with, but let's say it's it's bigger things. Like, you know, I I think on one hand, yeah, it's it may be unfair to be like you know they they sneeze loud, they you know do this, they do that, something that they maybe can help, but it's not really that big of a deal. Is different than when you come home from work and the place is trashed and they've just been passing on the couch eating popcorn and peanuts all day. Mm-hmm. That's different. That's not them. The way they are and you trying to get over a habit or a tick that's complete disrespect and um you know being a bad partner but you find that you come home where it's like i want to strangle this person i want to fight about this but that's not going to do any good so i'll just clean up yeah i know Uh and so you find yourself going to those extremes to keep the peace Uh uh-huh Keep everything together. Yeah. Uh-huh. And and you have not to... Not blow up on him. Right. You have to really resist not fighting. Because I think like when we talk to people, we're like, yeah, we don't, we don't ever argue. You'll hear a couple say, oh, we don't argue that much either. But it's, we don't not argue because we have to restrain ourselves from yelling at each other. Yeah. Where it's like, oh my God, I want to backhand her, but I'm not because we're on a perfect streak. <laughs> so we're just not going to argue. Yeah. That's... Not what we mean. Uh-huh. We just don't argue because it doesn't come up. Yeah. It's just not an issue. Uh-huh. But if you're having to always restrain yourself and 
silence your own voice and silence your own opinion and not fight with your partner because you don't want it to lead to that fight, A, that's awful communication. And B, you don't get to wear the we don't argue badge mm-hmm. at all. Yeah. Um, you're choosing not to argue. We don't choose not to argue. We just don't argue. Yeah. It's not um, a choice. Yeah. You know, it's effortless. It's just the way it is. Yeah. That's just how we are. Uh-huh. Um, uh, I was thinking, like, when I was, when I was with my, with my ex, there was times that I, that I would think about my old, my old relationship with, you know, like my old, my, mm-hmm. you know, like with the three loves, like, you know, I had three loves you're my last and the my first love I would always like go back to thinking about my ex about my relationship with him Mm -hmm. and I think that a lot of people do that I think that they I think that's why I've been contacted by so many exes that I've had I (laughs) that's true obviously they feel they've settled Uh uh-huh I don't well and I wonder if it's just the girl thing then no you don't think no no I did it I I uh I look back to my my main high school romance mm-hmm. uh, a lot in my previous over the course of my twelve year previous marriage, and you know wondered what was and, and before social media and all that stuff the first the first plat the first platform that came out to where you could track someone down kind of was on that classmates dot com. Did you oh, ever see that? I did see that one. Yeah, and uh-huh, I forgot about that, that was that came out approaching my ten year reunion. Which I didn't go to, but I was like, I wonder if I could track her down and see if... Really? And I did, and I found out that she was married and had a kid and all that stuff. And then you start to think, well, I wonder what I wonder what life would have been like if, if we would have worked it out, yeah. if we would have stayed together. I, I wonder if I would have been happier than I am now. Mm-hmm. I mean, we broke up for a reason, but... <sighs> and, and that was one of the things I did was I looked at even my stupid high school romance that I had... And would still compare that to a 12-year marriage yeah. as an adult uh-huh. and say, well, we never fought about this. We didn't fight about that. She wasn't <laughs> as miserable as my wife is, yeah. you know, and, and who knows yeah. what it could have been. But I think guys, I think guys most definitely do really? that. I just don't think they they talk about it. Uh-huh. Yeah, I guess I mean, I, I mean, you've seen it on Facebook, exes reaching out to their guys, reaching out to girls. I mean, we see it all the time, actually. Think. Especially uh, if they get divorced. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess. But I, I guess the, the difference is the exes that reached out to me uh-huh. were not divorced. They were married at the yeah. time. And they're really thinking about... And I, I, never, I never did that piece, I guess, if that's what you're saying. Mm-hmm. I never was the proactive one that actually reached out, Hey, what's up? Mm-hmm. How you doing? Found you on Facebook. Just wanted to check in. And mm-hmm. I didn't do that. Well, they, they were the ones that did that to me. Or I think girls more so say, like, or like, oh, I, I, I think they tell the person, like, I wonder what things would have been like mm-hmm. if, if we would have stayed together. Right. And so, and I don't think that dudes necessarily would actually verbalize that. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, maybe, maybe they would right. think it, but they wouldn't exactly say that. Yeah. But another one though that like. You you think you're thinking about your ex and everything, but you you also, and I don't know if I could relate to this that much because this, I didn't do this, but you definitely did. Is like picture a future 
Well, wait, I guess I did. Picture a future without your partner, or mm-hmm. picture you with somebody else, or something. Well, it, I think that kind of goes with the fantasy stuff. But mm-hmm. one of the things that I've said on here, and, and with the future stuff, was I, I guess the difference. The fantasy is kind of like in the now. You kind of want to like, what would my be like? What would my life be like now? Mm-hmm. I, I've said on here before. My ex and I never talked about our future. Mm-hmm. What what retirement looked like. What our son graduating high school post you know, empty nest look like. Mm-hmm. We never had that discussion. We never talked about it. It wasn't even on our radar. And it should have been. And that's something you and I talked about even before we got married mm-hmm. quite a bit of what, what our future actually looked like together. I think when you talk to young couples and you're like, what's your future? They, they have a very short-sighted window. Well, we're going to get married, have a family, have kids. Yeah. Most people now have kids, don't have a house don't start a family, mm-hmm. and then they just wonder why all that stuff doesn't happen anyway. But Yeah, and don't get married. Yeah, and don't mm-hmm. get married and all that. But the uh, with the future stuff, you start to... It, it was just such an obsolete thing for me. It wasn't that I was intentionally saying, I don't see my future with her. I just never pictured a future period. Oh, uh-huh. Um, and I don't know which one's worse or which one's more damaging or which one's the bigger the bigger sign. Uh-huh. But that's why I bring up the question like I did earlier. What what is if you don't have anything in common, what does your future look like? Yeah. If you aren't, you know, doing what you need to do as a couple to be successful, what does your future like mm-hmm. look like? And and how much of luck and hope and chance is involved in you getting from shitty point A to hopefully better point B? 10, 15, 25, 35 years down the road. Mm-hmm. I mean, wh- what do you really think is going to happen? Do you really think that if you're right now in your 30s and you're married to an inattentive asshole that doesn't pitch in around the house, doesn't like the kids you have, doesn't want to help raise the kids, doesn't want to do anything with you, your friends, your family, or nothing at all, what do you really think is going to happen along the line that that idiot's going to finally change his mind and decide to be involved, and be a husband, and be a father, and be a partner, and... All of those things. Because it's not just going to be a flip of the switch. Time is not just going to make him do those things. I know. So the other piece that I think puts really heavily into the future is that hope piece. Because mm-hmm. I've, I've talked about hope on here a lot. Mm-hmm. Where that's really what kept me in the relationship the longest was just the hope that she would change. Mm-hmm. Just magically. Yeah. I know. That just magically one day she would wake up and be like, I'm not going to act like this anymore. Mm-hmm. And that's not going to happen, mm-hmm. people. That's not no. how it works, ever. It's not. Well, I know. And because I did the same thing. I hoped and prayed that everything was going to... Ever. <laughs> was going to work out. <laughs> and obviously it didn't. And... Um, no, it did work out. Well, yeah, it worked out for her. For worked out for you. Perfect. It, did. it really did, Yeah. <laughs> But not for him. It didn't work out for him. Right. And, um, but like me looking at my future and thinking, what is my future going to look like with him? It, I did picture that. Mm-hmm. And I didn't like what I saw yeah, scared in the you. future. Yeah, it scared me, and I didn't want that for for my future. Right. So that's why I left. Yep. But yeah, I think that. I do think, though, that people like like you didn't really see a future at all. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, people don't like talking about their relationship, too, when once they're settling. Yeah, yeah. Once you've settled the... Uh, you 
when you do talk about your relationship, it's all things that happened years ago. Mm-hmm. The happy times, the good stories, the fun things, it's out of reach now. And your current status isn't that great to talk about. So you avoid the conversation, you change the conversation, you shift the conversation, you just don't want to talk about it at all. Mm-hmm. Um, because you know, comparatively, if people are sharing what their partners are doing or, or how their relationship's going or the things they did, you don't compare to that. Mm-hmm. And so you feel that either to be relevant in the conversation, you have to pull the memory out of the hat to have that conversation, or you're just going to not say anything at all or, or just talk shit about it. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, I think that because I would see, you know, girls get irritated that I talked about you so much and I was so happy to that I was, you know, in a good relationship. Mm-hmm. And they they get irritated at people that are happy because they're not happy, and so they're they are like, well, why why do I want to talk about my relationship or any kind of relationship? Because I don't have anything good to say about my partner. I don't have anything good to say about our relationship anymore. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know this. I remember this one girl. She had like they had a a decent story, and he he had. Um, he proposed to her in a really awesome way. And I I remember her kind of like rolling her eyes about it and then like, you know, saying, oh, well, yeah. I mean, he did do a really good job mm-hmm. at that. But like... But that was it. But that was it, yeah. And she <laughs> never wanted to talk about her relationship with with him. Or yeah. if she did, it was always something Something bad, bad negative, mm-hmm. yep. And then now they're divorced and I mean, who knows... That's the way it should be for them. Hopefully they'll become happy with other people Mm -hmm. or by themselves. And I I think the conversation with the relationship, only not wanting to talk about it, only revolves around when you're talking about people that have positive things to say. Mm -hmm. If you get a bunch of people that are in bad relationships together, they won't shut up about how Uh, awful their partner is. That's true. Um, So that's don't think that you're off the hook. Like, oh, I talk about my relationship all All the the time. time. (laughs) What a a shitty husband I have. (laughs) And all my coworkers have shitty husbands too. We talk about it all the time. Uh That's something different. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, you, you, it's just really kind of the, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. Yeah. So they don't have anything nice to say about their own relationship, so they just don't say anything at all. Yeah, in in the nice... When other people are saying or, nice things about right. their relationship. Uh-huh. Right, yeah. People also have, like, an expiration date for their marriage or for their relationship with a person. Yeah. The, like they'll cha- like I know for me it was you know if if he doesn't change or if he are okay for, well even with the asking him to marry me thing. Mm-hmm. Well if he doesn't ask me to marry him by this time I'm out of here. I'm out right. or whatever. And uh, you know it's an ultimatum or whatever, but people People do that, and people have an expiration date for their marriage. If you're having to put an expiration or ultimatum on your relationship right now, you have settled. Mm -hmm. In the history of people that have not settled, ultimatums and expirations do not come up. So if you've had to give an ultimatum to a boyfriend to become a fiancé, and you've had to give an ultimatum to a fiancé to become a husband... Your dumbass deserves to be in that settled, shitty relationship because you had plenty of opportunity to say, I should have got out of this. Mm-hmm. Well, I should still, have got out of this. And you still can. Yeah, you still have the opportunity. Your hands aren't as tight as you think they are. Yeah. But that's 
huge mm-hmm. in why people miss that. You know, my, my expiration date in my previous relationship was if she doesn't change by the time, you know, I'll, I'll give it you know, the first year my son's out of the house. If it's not better by then, I'm out of here. Mm-hmm. After um, he's 18 or yeah. 19 years old. Right. Uh-huh. Yep. And that that's that was mine. That I was my expiration date. a lot of date. people do that. That's that. why you tend to see these, you know, older adult people. kids of divorced parents. Uh-huh. Yeah. Because you find out that your parents just gutted it out for you. Uh-huh. And just couldn't, one of them just couldn't take it anymore. Yeah. And they realized their life together without you was pointless. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I think that a lot of times children, kids, even adult kids are like, is it our fault that you got divorced? No, it's your fault that they stayed in a shitty relationship. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. And I mean that kind of tongue in cheek, but I think, but that really kind of leads to what more of it is. It's not. It's not your fault they got divorced. It's. It's your fault that they stayed together. I know. But I know. Because they yeah. didn't want. I mean, and it's not yeah. their fault. It's not their but fault. you were the reason. Right. Um, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but so I think that that's what you tend to see a lot. Of. Yeah, and that's why I know. And we're then... seeing more and more couples getting divorced while their kids are in college or soon after uh-huh. they graduate college or or whatever and yeah. starting over later in life. But at least they realized at some point. <laughs> It's better to have an expiration date better and live up never. to it, yeah, than yeah. not have one at all and just be like, oh, I'm going to be miserable forever." Yeah, I know. Well, and it's funny when you see those too because you're like, "Oh my gosh, you know, they've been together for X amount of years." We all assume they had a good marriage because yeah. they were married for 20 years. Uh huh. When they probably had like one or two good years, and then the rest was just absolute crap. Yeah, I know. That they never talked about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's crazy. Yeah. Um. But I think that the I think the biggest one that we wanted to talk about today was that you realize that you're not happy no matter what you do. You I mean, you can try to be happy all you want, but there's everything that you do just you just realize, mm-hmm. okay, this doesn't this doesn't bring me joy. <laughs> People are I th- I don't even know. I was about to say people are really good at pretending they're happy. People are really good at thinking that they're good at pretending at being happy. I'll put it that way. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if it's just very recently that that we've seen just personally, especially social media stuff. But th- there's just there's so many instances where you like you can just kind of tell like they they. They aren't happy. Mm-hmm. You can just tell. And they're going above and beyond to try to convey to everyone and themselves that they're happy. Mm-hmm. They, even to the extent where you know that, I mean, I, I've even seen this where you know that the couple had a horrific fight that day and one of them still went on social media to purposely say what a great partner they have. I know. Well, I think it's it's like, like, I think it's because they made up, you know, or something. And, and then they, they realize I shouldn't have overreacted or I shouldn't have, you know, treated them that way, um, yelled at them. And then, Mm -hmm. so they feel bad. And so then they're like, this is my public apology. he, He really is a good dad. And you know, he really was trying to do something nice or whatever. Right. And then that's when they... They do that. Yeah. Uh-huh. You know, but but we, 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 we just, we see these more and more 
almost desperate, self-convincing ways that people are really trying to tell themselves that they're happy when they're not. Mm-hmm. And it, it goes hand in hand with some of the, well, at least it's not this, mm-hmm. or at least it's not that bad, or or especially if you play the comparison game. We've talked yeah. about that before on here before. But I, I think that if you put as much effort into just making yourself as happy as you do trying to convince everybody else that you're happy when you're not, including yourself, you would be happy. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and people kind of start from this ass-backwards place of how to get there, yeah. where they, they really feel that that they can change their partner, which isn't going to happen, Mm-mm. that they can convince their partner to want to change, which isn't going to happen. Mm-hmm. And so they're trying to figure out, well, how do I make the best of the situation? How can I be happy like this? Well, maybe I'll get this and maybe we'll do this and, and that, that will bring me some joy. Mm-hmm. But getting little doses of joy isn't happiness. You're not happy. Everybody has moments of joy. There's little positive good things that happen every day lives. in all of our lives. Yeah, But it doesn't mean you're happy. Mm-hmm. It And... Just because you think that you're happy or you're trying to convince people you're happy doesn't make it so. And, and that's where you really kind of climb into this big hole that you can't get out of because, especially if you've done a really good job at convincing everybody that you're happy because then all those other factors that we've talked about start to start to play. Mm-hmm. And they start messing with your head. And you've now painted this, you know, Picture perfect, picture perfect relationship that does not exist, and now you have to try to figure out how you're going to justify it and get out of it mm-hmm. when it's actually not as good as it is. It's not as happy as you've made it sound. It's not as luxurious as you've tried to paint this picture. It's absolute, it's absolutely awful. And now what? Well, I think that that's kind of something that I had to go through with my ex, and not me not telling everybody the truth from the beginning uh-huh. that it was a, a bad, awful relationship. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that people probably knew because, you know, they wouldn't see him around and all that. I'm sure they had some sort of something that they thought like, oh, okay, maybe she's she's not happy. But I did have to, you know, after when breaking up, you know, tell tell everybody... I didn't have to tell them all of the details, mm-hmm. but I had to kind of backpedal. At least and, have some kind of why. Yeah, and tell yeah. them why. Yeah. And I still didn't blast him, you know, at like I could have. Right. <laughs> and at that point. Yeah, I mean, but but even with that, you know, I I never saw you two together, mm-hmm. and you and I never had a conversation about how unhappy you were. Mm-hmm. I just knew. Mm-hmm. And so I don't think you have to actually verbally talk about it. People know, mm-hmm. and a lot of a lot of times people don't give other people credit for just being able to pick up on what's going on. Yeah, and I think that that's why I said I think they think that they're doing a yeah, good job exactly. hiding it, and they're uh-huh. not. Yeah, we all know you're miserable. Yeah, it's just nobody's going to come up to you and say, "Hey." We can tell you're miserable and we think you've made a mistake. You need to get out of this. Uh-huh. Nobody's going to do that. And if that's what you're waiting for to show you your sign to get out, you're going to be waiting forever. Because mm-hmm. nobody's a place to tell you 
that yeah. either. Even when I've I've seen marriages blow up and explode and, and the relationship dissolves and they've said, Oh yeah, don't know if you know this, but we got divorced. I'm like, Really? Wow. And then I'm like, I told you that shit wasn't gonna last. You <laughs> see how they treat each other? Yeah. yeah. So you people know. Uh-huh. We all know uh-huh. that I hate when people are like when people say stuff like Oh, I I knew you guys weren't going to last. Yeah, you you don't say that to them. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Or, yeah, I just knew he was, he was just not the one for Something in my gut Yeah, me. Yeah, shut up. up. Get your intuition out of here, Karen. Okay, Dumbass. You're just trying to be like, like, I'm right. Right, 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 yeah, yeah. you want the credit. Uh Uh-huh. But I, I think that as annoying as that is, I still think everybody knew. Yeah, I know. You Mm -hmm. just don't say it. Mm Mm-hmm. That's why I gave the example of, I'm like, oh, really? Wow. Yeah. You guys seem so happy. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I know. So, yeah, I I mean, but I think that when you really just kind of look, I think that the settling thing, there's certain little subtle things behind it that you, you may not realize you're doing. You may not realize are a factor or a sign or an indicator that you've settled or that you're settling. Um, And like I said, with all kinds of other stuff we've talked on here about, if you aren't married, no love lost. Yeah. If you're already getting signs of settling, you it does not get better. No, so it get out. Mm-hmm. You do not want to proceed down that path in a relationship like this. Um, but you should at least be able to be honest with. If you can't be honest with anybody on social media, you can't be honest with your partner, you can't be honest with your friends, and you can't be honest with your family. You should at least be able to be honest with yourself mm-hmm. and ask yourself, am I happy with this person? Am I satisfied emotionally, physically, sexually, mentally, financially, whatever you want to put in there to where you know it takes away all notion that you settled? And if you can't do that, you've settled. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So... What then? I know. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, so you need to make a decision for yourself yeah. what you what you want to do next. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, <laughs> it's, it's another one of those episodes for us that's like, get out. Yeah. But, I mean, for someone, I, I do, we do understand that it is hard to, to come to that realization and, and to actually... Pull the trigger and get out. <laughs> but sometimes yep. you do. You have to do what's best for you. Mm-hmm. Solutions are simple. Problems mm-hmm. are complex. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. But I think that about wraps it up. Do you yeah. have anything else you I wanted to add? I don't think so. All right. Well, as always, thank you all for listening. Uh, don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel, like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, and listen to us wherever you listen to your podcast. And we'll talk to you next week. Thanks.